Gun Sports Radio is sponsored by Love Radio Network. It's time to get educated on your Second Amendment right. It's time to get locked and loaded with Gun Sports Radio. Your hosts, Dave Stahl and Lance Pelkey, will teach you everything there is to know about firearms, self-defense, and the laws that affect your American right to own and bear arms. Now, here's your host, Dave Stahl and Lance Pelkey. All right, folks. Welcome to Gun Sports Radio, the only gun show in Southern California. Got me a big board op in there now. If anybody messes with us, man, we're totally protected. We got rid of that little wimpy Hannah, man. There is no no meat to that girl. We got some beef in there right now, folks. And you're listening to Gun Sports Radio brought to you by the Gun Range San Diego. Seven days a week, 365 almost days a year. 7853 Balbo Avenue. They're open 10 to 10. Seven days a week. Get your buddies together. Go down, especially on a Monday. Tell them you heard it on Gun Sports Radio. Have a shooting party. You need to get a, a concealed carry permit. They'll help you out there as well. Special deals on ammo and guns. It is just such a family uh, organization. First-time shooters, they love you. Long-time shooter, they love you even more. Come on down. They will walk you through it, and you'll have more fun than you can imagine. That's The Gun Range San Diego, thegunrangesandiego.com, thegunrangesandiego.com. Well, you know, my good buddy, Mr. Schwartz, and I, we've been sort of cruising along here for a couple of weeks. This is starting to get pretty fun. Yeah, I used to know this guy named Lance Pelkey. Uh, you know, I've never heard of that guy. I know he's out there somewhere. <laughs> I think I don't know what country he's in right now, but he's driving cross country, yeah. doing what I like to do. Wait till he sees the new board up. We're gonna we're, let's call him Hannah. When when oh uh, yeah, let's do we, that. See if he notices. But the minute he says anything, you'll I mean, know it's not a Hannah. No, yeah. So hey, what's been kicking? Well, I just got back from the avocado festival out in in Fallbrook, yeah. God's country. It was awesome. We were talking about CCWs and the Second Amendment and all kinds of exciting stuff. Right? Did you eat any avocados? I I didn't have any avocados. Oh, you're such a good boy. I was looking for some glacamole. Though. Some glacamole. I like. Oh, I like that. I like that. So, uh, who you got lined up as a guest? Very interesting guest. I'm very appreciative of him coming on. As everybody knows, uh, the you know we battled with the 22nd Agricultural Board. Uh, for uh, about a year and a half yeah. uh, regarding the, the gun show. And there was one man on the – and, of course, ultimately they voted to basically ban the, the gun show. It's, it's a little more complicated than that, but it's basically a ban of gun mm-hmm. shows. And it looks like it's, it's going to get even worse on the state level. But there was one man on the board the whole time who uh, vote, voted the right way, was very supportive, and I reached out to him, uh, Admiral Russ Penniman. Are you, are you there, Admiral? I am, Michael. How are you, sir? How you doing, Russ? And by the way, thank you for your service. Oh, I, I would do it all again in a heartbeat. You and me both. And I joined in 1966. And I went to Korea. Yeah, another story. And I hate kimchi, but that's another story. <laughs> so, Admiral, I, I appreciate you coming on. We wanted to uh, basically ask you served on the 22nd Agricultural Board. You were the only vote in support of keeping the gun show. Uh, so I just wanted you to come on the show and talk to you a little bit about uh, you know your your opinion of the whole situation and, and what you saw while you were serving on the the board and if you could just just kind of give us a little bit of background on on exactly what happened from your perspective well I think you've got to back up a little bit Michael you I've been on the board or I was on the board for about 16 years so this wasn't the first time the issue of guns and, and the gun show had come up uh-huh. and so there had been a movement you know on on the hard left for a while to 
you know, have the gun shows go away and it would percolate up to the board level and we'd have the conversation and it normally take about a half a day and, and uh, we would end up in what I consider to be the right, the right answer. Uh, but this time was a bit different because you had the, the, the Parkland shootings and, and shootings that had been, you know, subsequent to that, um, that, you know, elevated this conversation to a national level. It became political. And then you had a number of, uh, a number of folks that, you know, up, up until that point were, you know, not even paying much attention to the, to paying attention to the issue that very much got involved. And so that got us to the point of having, having the vote. And it was interesting. I wanted to compare. I'd like to say we also have the, I'm a big advocate of the squeaky wheel theory. For a lot of years, we were a, a smoking fairgrounds, and we had non-smoking advocates that showed up about every, you know, every board meeting, and two or three of them would talk. And finally, non-smoking fair made it to the agenda, and, and we ended up having a non-smoking fair because there were advocates for that position that were, were showing up and putting it in front, of the, in front of the board until we finally had a vote on the topic. Hmm. So between the national level of the conversation, and, and it's gotten very politicized, you know, and, and the fact you had Del Mar and Solana Beach and Encinitas had all taken positions against the gun shows, you know, you could see where things were kind of moving um, in a different direction before this vote. And then to add on to that, we had letters to the board from both Assemblymember Gloria and then Lieutenant Governor Newsom, you know, uh, strongly encouraging us to to get rid of the gun shows. So that that got us to the vote last September. I feel like that the letter from Lieutenant Governor at the time, now Governor Newsom, was uh, probably the the biggest nail in the coffin. Would, would you agree with that? Well, absolutely. I mean, at the end of the day, the members of the Ag Board are appointed by the governor. And Governor Brown was very interesting on this issue because he left it at the local level. And it came up, I believe it was the, the Cow Palace had addressed this issue a while back, and there was legislation, I'm sorry, not the Cow Palace, but the legislature had brought it up to to. Uh, you know, bring legislation to, to get rid of gun shows at the Cow Palace, and it got to the governor's desk, and he, uh, he vetoed the bill and says, I don't want it this legislated. I want it left at the local level. Right. And, and I think our current governor is probably going to be a little more proactive on his position on gun control, and, and he has been an advocate of gun control in the past. I, I believe you're absolutely right. You know, the, the question I get most often uh, is – you know, and from and I really love your perspective on this because you obviously listen to every word of you know from both sides, and and you I'm sure had conversations with your fellow board members. You know, we say like, well, you know, Parkland happened, and this happened, and national things happened, et cetera, et cetera. But what really was the reason that they wanted to get rid of the gun show from from what you heard? Well, I, I think a part of it was just people's, you know, kind of personal positions and, and you know, you say all politics is local and we've got a number of members, one former former mayor of Del Mar, and there were a number of folks who lived more along the coastline than inland. And I think we had more of the coastal community being represented. I think the coastal community in general had more advocates to get rid of the gun show who were participating on a regular, you know, fairly, fairly regular basis. So back to the squeaky wheel theory. Yeah. 
you know, it, and, and as I would advocate, I go, you know, we represent the people of San Diego County. We don't represent a particular city or, or advocate for a particular group. We're here to represent the people of San Diego County. And, and I think that got lost in the conversation. I think you're right. I, 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 I think that was the strongest point is that, hey, that, that's a regional asset. That's not a, an asset of Del Mar or Encinitas. That's a regional asset for the entire county of San Diego in, in just a, a couple of, as you put it, squeaky wheels dictating what can and can't go on there, I, I think was, was totally wrong. I don't know if you remember this, but early on in the process, uh, uh, during one of the meetings, one of the smaller meetings, uh, one of the uh, folks that were against the gun show actually stood up and, and, you know, tell me if I, if I'm accurately portraying this, but basically said, Hey, look, we concede that they're following all the laws and that they're generally safe and there haven't been any safety violations. We just don't like the culture, and we don't want it here. I mean, it wasn't that pretty much. Was that the message that you also heard? Well, I I, I don't remember that particular conversation, but um, I could say with a you know a pretty good sense of being right that I I, I was probably the only one who was uh, you know not only a gun advocate but used used firearms on a regular basis. Yeah. I heard some of the arguments by our board members about what was being sold and the quantities being sold and. And things along those lines were for people that shoot on a regular basis, you know, you do buy cases of ammunition. And different people like different weapons. I particularly like shotguns and pistols, but there are people that like rifles and there are people that like to have, you know, some of the, the military-looking rifles, although you're not talking about automatic weapons uh, or full automatic weapons. And then you're, you're also, you've got... Um, well, I'm... I'm, I'm like, like, you know, like collectibles, that sort of thing, uh, you, you know, surplus collectibles, like old M1 carbines and that sort of thing. Well, you, you have a, a mix and, and different tastes for different folks. Right. For, you know, as far as the, the staff went, the security that we had on the property, um, a lot of the customers were, you know, they're either military or former military or law enforcement or former law enforcement. For, for someone to come in and want to commit a crime at a gun show, you know, that would be somebody that, that wasn't thinking real hard. <laughs> yeah, it was pretty ludicrous. Yeah, I went- which, which goes to your point that, no, there hadn't been, there hadn't been issues on the property um, of consequence. Now, there was, there was conversation about a, a weapon just discharge at one point, and as it turns out, that was an individual bringing a weapon on the property. I think he was looking to have it sold, and it wasn't, it, it wasn't a vendor on the property. It was someone bringing a weapon on the property, and, and, he, and he had it hit around in the chamber. And I don't necessarily place that at the feet of the gun show or the vendors at the gun show. Well, and it, 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 there isn't – right now it's, it's technically a moratorium for a year while they do a study. And, but I, I think the writing's on the wall. It's going to lead to a ban. But in your opinion, uh, do you, is there anything that can be done at this point short of the lawsuit that's being filed? You know, I can't think of a whole lot. You, you've got, I mean, the, the elephant in the room is what's going to happen with the legislation. And, you know, given you've got a supermajority and, you know, both both houses and in Sacramento, and you've got a, uh, you know, a governor who is prone probably to take a, uh, a position on guns that's not necessarily going to be one that you're going to like, uh, on the political side of it, I, I think the writing's on the wall. Yeah, I think uh, I think you're right. I think that it's basically uh, said and done. And Admiral, I very much appreciate your support throughout this. I appreciate you calling in very much. 
Uh, thank you very much. I got to tell you, after going to uh, every all five gun shows every year for eleven, I think it was eleven or twelve years, I'm definitely going to miss the people I I saw there and the you know friends that became family and the good times that were had there. It was really really great. I hope we can replace it on private property quickly. And and uh, thank you so much for giving your perspective, Admiral. I really appreciate it. Oh, absolutely. And and I uh, you know hopefully the gun show will find another home. And when it does, I'll I'll look forward to visiting. Excellent. I hope you're right. Thank all you right. so much. Thank you, sir. All right, folks, we're going to take a quick break right here on FM 961 AM 1170, The Answer. All right, folks, welcome back. Gun Sports Radio right here on FM 961 AM 1170. Hey, folks, have you been dragging your feet uh, making your AR rifle California legal in recognition of the new gun laws? Well, you better get with it because if your AR wants a pistol grip, telescoping stock, foregrip, and still have a detachable uh, magazine, you got to go check out Cali Key. Whether you're buying a new AR or you need to make yours current, Cali Key is the answer. Go to CaliKey.com. That's K-A-L-I-K-E-Y.com. They will hook you up. Easy installation. Piece of cake. Also, do you or any of your family keep a taser, pepper spray, firearm, or other weapons for personal protection? Well, you better get yourself protected. What are you going to do if you get thrown in the in the old hooskow? How are you going to get out? Well, if you hooked up with FirearmsLegal.com, that's FirearmsLegal.com, commonly known as Firearms Legal Protection, for less than $10 a month, you can get 24 hours a day, 7 days a week, 365 days a year protection. And if you were to give them a call in the need of help, you might have gotten our next guest. Unfortunately, John Dillon from Gatsky Dillon and Balance LLP is not in today. We have another person calling in, but if you ever need a lawyer and if you have any gun issues, maybe you inherited some old guns or maybe you want to transport some guns, any question related to guns, 760-431-9501 or go to cafirearmslaw.com. All right, Mike, who you got next? So we have a very interesting guest, a uh, retired uh, Navy captain who's also a physician and specializes in internal medicine and hyperbaric medicine and radiation health. Nice. Um, and uh, the reason I've uh, asked him to come on, you know, we talk a lot about first aid, and it's, it's especially in the gun community, there's a lot of talk about first aid and stop the bleed, that sort of thing. And a lot of it's focused on uh, gunshot wounds for obvious reasons. Mm -hmm. um, but our next guest, uh, Hank, has a really interesting story from a, from a gun range experience, and I wanted him to come on and talk about it. Uh, because he's not only an expert, but he was also he wasn't there in, in his capacity as a as a physician. He was there just as a shooter at the range, and something happened in front of him. So, Hank, are you there? I'm here. Excellent. Thank you so much for coming on today. Um, could you uh, just just tell the story that you, that you've told me about what happened at the range that day? Sure. Uh, I was there with my son-in-law and grandson at the Quantico range. They have a nice skeet range and a trap range and we had just gotten there a little after nine for opening and uh, i was still in the clubhouse signing in and uh got a, a call a yell from outside uh, that they needed uh some medical help well about uh, i don't know 20 yards away a 19 year old approximately 19 year old uh shooter had just started to uh, shoot some trap down at the trap range, which is a covered range. It's a, got a, a short cover over it. Mm -hmm. And his uh, shotgun had exploded. Wow. 
And uh, um, what does that mean? Tell me, like, what is what, what did it uh, it exploded in 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 what ma- in what way? What manner? Well, in the uh, barrel exploded. I I don't really know exactly. I do have a photograph, but a piece went right through the roof of the uh, covered um, stand. Uh, the shotgun barrel, the the uh, the breech end had. Uh, uh, blown up. It just expanded and ex- and blown up, and pieces of this uh, mechanism had uh, mangled his well, his shooting arm, his his right forearm, wow. his right hand. Uh, so uh, at Quantico, at the range, they always have a, a Navy corpsman on duty there during shooting hours. We both uh, ran down there, and he was spurting blood, which. As uh, I think most of you know, spurting in means that it's arterial bleeding, not not a steady bleed like a like venous bleeding. Right. That also means that if you don't do anything about it, you can lose an awful lot of blood in a very short time. That's blood. That, luck- basically, what you're saying in layman's term, that that's blood that's being pumped away from the heart. It's bumped, pumped by the heart away from the heart. You're exactly. And it so comes in spurts. so if, it doesn't come in steady flow. If it continues, that means your 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 pump. Is is just going to keep pumping until there's no nothing left to pump, which is extremely dangerous. Pretty much, exactly. Luckily for him, he'd only had some very minor uh, damages. I remember to his face, to his other arm. Uh, there were some, but nothing nothing serious. Mm-hmm. But it had tore the uh, the the artery just uh, the near side of his wrist and in some of the and some of the nerves in his hand and wrist. Which, by the way, it turned out eventually some of the some of the smaller nerves in his hand were permanently uh, permanently lost. Jeez, now you never you never figured out exactly what caused this explosion, right? You need some theories, but no one ever really figured out definitively why this happened. It was it was a high quality shotgun, right? Didn't you say it was high a high quality shotgun? And there there are some possible reasons, of course, for any explosion. One is that you put a twenty gauge shell in a you know in a twelve gauge gun and then follow it with a twelve gauge. That did not happen. Another was, I suppose, that you uh, hand load a, a much higher load than you should have, and he didn't. These were factory loads, as yeah. I remember. Uh, and um, there aren't too many. Oh, the other cause would be that you have mud or whatever in the in the muzzle. Uh, and this was brand new, nice, beautiful shooting day, and you know, a fresh gun. Or, you know, he hadn't done that, so we don't know. The only thing that I hypothesize, I guess, is that it was a faulty manufactured uh, shotgun okay so uh he's there he's hurt what what kind of condition was he in was he panicked was he quiet was he what what, what was he uh, how was he, he was, acting he was pretty normal i would say he was a pretty sharp uh young guy his dad was there also shooting his dad was the veteran who was uh, uh, you know uh, sponsoring him at the at the marine corps range um we both uh did what we could which immediately is to put as much pressure in two points, as much pressure as possible about around his upper arm to cut off the blood supply and to put as much pressure directly on the wound as we possibly could, uh, which stops, I'm going to say, you know, 90% of the bleeding, but not all. Yeah. It would, did you... Was it was there a tourniquet uh, used, or, or, or was, this was indirect pressure, what you're describing, right? This was both direct pressure on the wound and indirect pressure with the with the, with our first of all you don't need a tourniquet in the immediate stages you got to put something you got to put your hands your your arms around it your hands around it and that's simple i mean that's what you do in the meantime uh, the uh, 
Carmen had called for a tourniquet uh, and also had called for an ambulance. So I have to tell you, the the most effective thing we did was just hand pressure. You know, yeah. wrapped our hands around his upper arm as tight as you possibly can. You're not going to do any harm. Right. And put as much pressure as you possibly can over the wound site itself. You're certainly not going to do as much harm as, uh, you know, continuing to bleed would be. Yeah, I was going to so. say, if you do nothing. You do nothing, that's not good. Is this uh, is this uh, an injury, uh, that, is this like any injury that you've seen before? Is this something you've treated before? Or on a scale of 1 to 10, how, how serious was this compared to injuries that you've seen before? Oh, well, I've seen lots of serious injuries, so I, I don't know that I could compare. But I've seen shotgun, I've seen gunshot wounds and and i've seen other kinds of serious serious wounds here and there yeah and that's really what i'm getting to i mean this is you've seen everything from a from a splinter uh to broken bones to gunshot wounds to serious burns i mean you you name it you've pretty much seen it right pretty much so you're a physician uh extremely successful career in the military wide variety of, of experience but the reality is you know do you need to be a trained physician? Do you need to have uh, you know years and years of medical school to learn what to do in, in a situation like this? Absolutely not. Although I have to tell you, as a side, this was I think it was on a Saturday. On the Wednesday, three days earlier, I had given a first aid talk to the boys to the to the Boy Scouts on bleeding, and my grandson, who was also watching all this was in that Boy Scout troop. So you got a, you got a first-hand lesson, right? Wow. There. You got a, a first-hand lesson. How could you beat it? I think you thought it was planned. Well, I got to tell you, I uh, uh, my dad made me uh, join Boy Scouts uh, when I was a kid, and I didn't want to, but I had the time of my life once I, once I got in there, and I think that the first aid education I received in Boy Scouts uh, is as good as any uh, you know, basic or even mid-level class that you're going to get out in the in the public these days. I really learned a lot and retained a lot and still know a lot from, from that first aid. So a basic first aid class is something that uh, any civilian would have been able to uh, take and handle in this situation. And I know, like I said earlier, uh, a lot of people uh, focus on gunshot wounds, um, you know, when it comes to first aid if they're in the gun world. But really, there's, a, there's you know, first aid's there's a lot of things that could happen, and first aid is extremely important in a lot of different situations. And I just really enjoyed this uh, firsthand uh, account of what can happen at a gun range from somebody who, again, is a, an expert and can explain it. And then I like uh, the side note that your grandson was there and he was able to see it after uh, being taught as a Boy Scout. Absolutely. All right, buddy. Excellent. Well, thank you very much, Doctor. Appreciate you calling in, and uh, thank you for your service to our country. Okay, you're very welcome, and thank you for having me. All right. Hey, we're going to take a quick break. We come back. We got Gun Range San Diego. We got the man calling in, and he's going to tell us all about what's going on at the Gun Range San Diego on FM 96.1 AM 1170. The answer. All right, folks. Welcome back. You're listening to Gun Sports Radio right here, FM 96.1 AM 1170. I'm Dave. He's Michael. Lance is... Picking up a hairless cat. I don't even know what that means. Is that code for something? No, that's what know. he. Get, that's the last <laughs> one he had. It's Harry the hairless cat. Yeah. And now he's in Escondido picking up a new Harry. Rest in peace, Harry. Lance, yeah. if you're out there, have fun, buddy. I look forward to meeting the new kitty. Yeah, not me. That's <laughs> too freaky, man. I ain't into hairless cats. Right. Ooh, they're icky. But he loves them. 
Eileen loves them, and the cat loves them, and that's all that counts. There you go. Hey, folks, have you been dragging your feet making your AR rifle California legal and in recognition of the new gun laws? Well, you better get with it. If you want to have a pistol grip, telescoping stock, uh, or a detachable magazine, you need Cali Key. Why Cali Key? Because Cali Key could turn that AR totally compliant. Future-proof your AR from all these horrible California laws. Go to CaliKey.com. That's K-A-L-I-K-E-Y.com. That's K-A-L-I-K-E-Y.com. All right. Hey, this segment is brought to you by the Gun Range San Diego, 7853 Balboa Avenue, San Diego, 10 to 10, seven days a week. Go to the Gun Range San Diego. You can make appointments for shooting experiences, take your, your family, your office help, you know, do a little, uh, you know, mentoring and, and, you know, boosting the, the morale. Go in and have some fun. Mondays are the best, but they'll even do special uh, events for you as well. We also got Casey on the line. Casey is from the Gun Range, San Diego. How's it doing, Case? Pretty good. How are you guys holding up? Are you kidding? We're living the dream. Fantastic. You know, the Gun Range San Diego is a sponsor, table sponsor at Gun Prom this year. Again, they're a wonderful, wonderful uh, yeah. shop. I really appreciate the support. Casey, are you going to be at the table? Yeah, Did I was going to say, invite? you coming down? I'll see what I can do. Maybe I'll make a guest appearance. Uh, let's see what <laughs> I got off for y'all. Yeah, now that you've uh, been on radio, you're a celebrity. Uh, Big shot. <laughs> well, I appreciate the Gun Range San Diego support. Listen, if everybody listening out there, Support the shops that support your Second Amendment rights, and the Gun Range San Diego is definitely one of those shops. So, uh, you know, give back to those that give. We appreciate that. It's, a, it's what we're here for, you know, especially in the, how the firearm industry is nowadays. There's no place for everybody to have chips on their shoulders when it comes to other gun ranges or, you know, other gun stores and stuff. Like, we're all in this fight together. And when you have this little pecking order going around, it's like, nah, man, we're we're fighting the good fight together. Let's put aside those differences because we'll – you know, if we if we don't have a gun in stock or something, we'll send them over to you know like SoCal Guns or Turner's or something like that because we just want the customer to be happy when it comes down to it. Well, you guys are great making the customers happy. I just uh, mm-hmm. I think I was telling you uh, about a month ago uh, a group of new shooters. I couldn't go with them because my schedule conflicted, but uh, one of them was having a birthday. I think she turned. I want to say she turned thirty, but uh, anyway, she uh, wanted to go shooting for the first time, and they reached out and they said, "Hey." Where do we go? And I, without hesitation, pointed them to the Gun Range San Diego because I knew they mm-hmm. would be in great hands. And all five of them went down there, and they were all first-time shooters. I think one or two had shot once or twice, but they were pretty much mm-hmm. brand-new shooters. You guys took care of them, soup to nuts. They were so happy. They had such a good time. They rented guns. You guys helped them through the safety aspect of it and everything, and they were so happy. Without hesitation, uh, uh, you guys are absolutely fantastic. Love everything that you do. Thank you for that. Yeah, if, you know, that's what we like to do. We like to have, we can do reservations for people as long as you have, you know, 10 or more, we can do reservations and whatnot. And when it comes to that, we usually stick an RSO with them because a lot of times it'll be a reservation. Like we'll have a lot of bachelor parties, bachelorette parties, work events, and people just want to come shoot some guns. A lot of times, you know, maybe have onesies or twosies in there, but when you have that big of a group, you got to stick one of us in there just so we can kind of monitor it, make sure everything's running smoothly. Just makes it easier and more enjoyable for everybody because, We'll stick another extra RSO in there, and we're like, hey, this is your group. Don't worry about anybody else. You're sticking on them. And it just makes the whole event worry, worrisome, you know, because – or sorry, worry-free. 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 Yeah, it makes it just easier on us, too, because that way we know, all right, we have this many people coming at this time. We already got the lanes ready for you. Pick out some guns. Let's go in there and have a good time. Yeah. And I'm one of the RSOs that does it, a lot of the other guys, too. It's just – 
easy. And it's not a hard thing with having a big group, but it is fun because you get a lot more social with them. Nice. And uh, you get a lot of interesting questions coming out of it and whatnot. And sometimes people just come straight over and buy a gun or, you know, get their FSC card ready to buy a gun. So it's, it's you know, it's, it works on everybody's part. This is always a good time. We just want people to have an enjoyable time here without having to have any worries about you it. Know, you know, that brings up a good subject. What's an FSC card? FSC card is your firearm safety certificate. It is the basic little test that you have to do. It's 30 questions that all gun stores will issue it. It is $25, 10 to the store, 15 to the state, or at least that's pricing here. And basically what that's doing is certifying you eligible to purchase a firearm in California. So once you have your FSC card, you'll need your California driver's license. Having your correct address on it is a lot easier to do. If you don't have it, your vehicle registration can correct that. Uh, when it comes to long guns, you just need your driver's license and the FSC card if the address on it is correct. Pistols, you need a secondary proof of residency. I like to go with a... <clears throat> I like to go with the vehicle registration because most people have vehicles and most people have the updated registrations on it. And it just makes it easy for us. Hey, Casey, do those expire? They do. After five years, they will expire, and then you have to retake the test and whatnot. Oh, the big kicker to it also is if you lose it, you have to come to the exact person that issued it. Can't go to any of the gun store or not. It's like a $5 issue fee. So what we do a lot of times is we have people take pictures of it right then and there. So if they do lose it, they still have that copy of it that we can print off and whatnot, and that still works. Well, what happens if, like in my case, as I'm looking through my paperwork in my wallet. <laughs> He's doing a wallet dump right yeah, here in the studio. because my, my gun store that I got mine from is no longer. Mm -hmm. Yeah, uh-huh, now what? Um, uh, you, can, you can come in and pay us a visit, and uh, we'll, uh, we'll see if you can get 100% on your next FSE test. Well, I'm going <laughs> to... I'm, I'm going to have to go home and look <laughs> for it because I know I'll bet you dollars to donuts mine's expired and that's the last thing I want. So where's your yeah. uh, library card there, Dave? I don't see a library card. I don't have a library <laughs> card. Are you kidding? I write, I, I have my own library. I got more books in the library when it comes to that, but no, but that's a good go. thing. So it's five years normally. Oh, geez. Mm -hmm. Yep. Five years. And after that, you just retake the test. So it's with us here. And, um, you know, it is pretty common sense, but I have seen people fail. Uh, oh yeah. You can only, yeah, it's few and far between, but once they do fail, I'm just like, okay. Um, I, I want to say you can, I do, but you failed this test and it's not the hardest thing out there. So you should probably go back and study and, ah. you know, we'll go through some of the questions and try to help them out. But it's a lot of common sense stuff. They do talk about some laws, but not like, you know, what penal code number is, you know, pertain to this. It's just saying, you know, in a self-defense situation, basic questions that is basic knowledge that you should know. So if you don't know that information, the DOJ has a study guide. It's a PDF on their website. You can check it out, read through it, and then come in and take the test with us. It only, I mean, there's no really time limit on that. But, yeah, it's not the hardest thing out there, but it does kind of show you uh, some some of the kind of mentalities of other people and what they think of the laws versus what the law actually is. So a lot of people still believe that you can be 18 to get rifles and shotguns now. Mm -hmm. Not the Not case. Anymore. So, yeah, so once once the test is done and whatnot, we go over which ones they missed so they do know the information. Okay. That's so, kind of the big kicker that we do. And don't you take that test on a computer? No, we do it on paper in here. Oh, okay. We like to keep our copies of it. It makes it a little bit easier to fill in yeah. a little bubble. True right. false. But there is yeah, a book that you, there is a book that you can read or you can get on the web and Yep, on the DOJ website there's a PDF for the FSC study guide. Okay. And you can pull it up. There it has a couple other uh, I believe the, the three languages they have it in is 
English, Spanish, I believe it was Chinese. Okay. But we have the Spanish, we keep a Spanish one in here just for that reason. But, sure. Yeah, you know, I, we never had any issues with it when not before, but every once in a while that person come through, and I've uh, the most I've seen missed was 17. And <laughs> Out of was, 17? Out of how many? 30. 30. That seems high. Is there a do you, is there a trophy if you max it? <laughs> I wanted to honestly. I want to like put up on the wall and be like, "Don't do this, please." Yeah, right, exactly. My wife. It's, my, a lot my, of this does come in knowledge, and I'm like looking at it like, "Oh Lord have mercy." Uh, I want to give you a gun, but at the same time, it's like, I don't want to. Yeah, right. But it's not for us big and cheese, you know. It's not for us big and cheese. My wife so, Laura it, got a hundred percent. Yeah, I got a hundred percent on mine. Uh, no big deal. <laughs> wow, I don't remember what I don't remember what I got. I didn't pay attention. We'll give out the test to people, and they like some people are like, oh, I got 100%. And they're all super stoked about it. I was like, well, cool. Like, I'm happy for them, you know? And some people are like, wow, I thought I was going to fail that. Like, oh, well, you didn't. So let's get your gun going. So when it comes to that, that's what your FSC is. And it's, I can understand the purpose behind it. You know, other states, as long as you have like that state ID, you're good. But California, we like to do everything um, difficult, I guess is the word for it. Yeah. So what, what what what's the cost to go down and renew again? I'm sorry, five dollars. Oh, geez, are you in the state of California? No, that didn't make sense. <laughs> know, right? That didn't make sense. That wait till Newsom finds out about that. That'll be five hundred dollars. Right. That almost seems reasonable. Yeah. <laughs> we and here we laminate our cards free of charge for everybody. You know, get a nice uh, laminated FSC. Uh, we'll put a stamp on the back to say you got it from us. I know where it's at. Now that you mentioned laminated, I think I know where my card is. Okay, good. <laughs> I will be down to see you. Excellent. We'll be here. Yeah, I'm sure you will. So, uh, got yeah. any got any events coming up other than the gun prom? Um, nothing currently. We're gonna start working on some new. We want to do some more special events here because the things we used to do, you know, like the uh, the grand old time and a couple of those. We oh want yeah. More events like that where we can bring in you know other firearms or you know I'm working on some. Nighttime, not necessarily nighttime shoot, but going light, low light on the range, so mm-hmm. we can do you know practices with weapon lights and whatnot. Because a lot of places you don't get to do that, so that's a couple of things that we're working on. Um, right now, we're just kind of getting our ammo supply stock back up because last week we sold over a hundred thousand oh, rounds of nine God. millimeter in a day. Wow! And so we we had a mountain of nine mil, and I came in the next day and it was gone. I was like, oh my lord, we are out <laughs> of nine. Oh my god! We, it came to the point we had to stop it because we needed ammo for our range mm-hmm. on the rental side. And people were like, hey, you know, <laughs> supplies last, and they did not last on this one. But we're gonna keep doing these ones as often as we can before the you know the ammo background checks. Just get everybody stocked up as best sure. we can. Absolutely. When you guys do that low light, let's let's push that. Give give people a lot of a lot of time, and I'll bet we mm-hmm. could fill a couple of classes. I got to tell you, uh, I took some low light uh, uh, training. Uh, it world changed, or yeah, world changed, mm-hmm. changed my whole world. Really? Yeah. I, I had no. Yeah. I, you don't know what you don't know until you don't know it, right? And then you, you don't realize yeah. how hard it can be with flashlight and what you actually have to do and what you can and can't see and how important. Uh, yep. Glow in the dark front sights. I mean, it's it's a whole different world. Wow. Yeah, and and you know, if you have a weapon light, a lot of times, like I use fiber optics on my Glock. So when I'm using my weapon light, it does kind of light up the front, but a lot of times it's still going to be a little bit darker because it's kind of in the shadow. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of things that come in. So we're working logistic wise because we have spotlights on the range and whatnot. We can turn it pretty low light on just half the range still wow. enough that your targets will be dark and you can work with it. A lot of people. Some people like to use lasers on theirs, you know, cool, we'll let you know, right. laser beam around, whatever, whatever. But 
flashlights is always good, and then low lights with your night sights because a lot of times you don't get to practice with that. By the way, so that's that we're totally totally off the subject. I'm, I'm putting you on the on the spot right here on the radio. Uh, oh, Gunfighter Tactical is doing their second annual uh, three gun competition between the shops. Five shops in town. Five-man teams, and I told them I'd talk to you guys about putting together a five-man team to compete in their three-gun competition. What do you think? Ooh. Yeah, there you go. Throwing yeah. the gauntlet we down. You know, that. I was just going to ask why we don't have any intramural competitions between the, the gun stores in San Diego. Wouldn't that be cool? There, It's happening in June. What do you think, Casey? You got you got, you got got five studs over there? Yeah, can, can, you, uh, can you shoot straight, Casey? Uh, I've been known to be a pretty good shot. <laughs> yeah, we have a, we actually do we actually do some uh, like John Batiste is one of our members here, yeah. and they do a little you know the USBCA shooting in our range and whatnot. So we have some of our guys that go in there and shoot it. Um, I've never shot three gun, but I've done enough shooting in my lifetime that I know stuff like that barricade shoots. Sounds like a challenge. Sound, like sounds so, like sounds like a challenge. I'm talk to the TGR boys over here and see, uh, see, see what we can get going. Yeah, I'll send you uh, info. It'll be fun. All right. All right, buddy. All hey, right, thanks on. a lot. Don't go home. Keep working till 10. The Game of Thrones. Jeez, oh, <laughs> listen to you. All right, folks. Gun Range San Diego. That's the Gun Range San Diego.com. The Gun Range San Diego.com. Go down, check it out. Say hi to Casey for us. All right, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to stump the kid. I just know it. Right here on Gun Sports Radio. FM 961 AM 1170, The Answer. All right, folks, welcome back to Gun Sports Radio. I'm Dave. He's uh, Michael Schwartz. Hey, do you or your family keep a taser, pepper spray, firearm, or other weapon for personal protection? What would you do if you got thrown into the jail? Well, how are you going to get out? Well, let me tell you what. I've got a company that will hook you up. Firearms Legal Protection. These guys work so hard to keep you safe for little more than $10 a month. Actually, less than $10 a month. Seven days a week, 24 hours a day, 365 days a year. If you get yourself in trouble, they are here for you. Go to www.firearmslegal.com or call them at 844-357-9400. 844-357-9400 or firearmslegal.com. And when you do, do me a favor and tell me you heard it right here on KCBQ AM 1170, the answer. All right. Who you got, son? All right. It's time for another edition of Stump My Nephew. Hey, Sam, you there? Um, yeah, Uncle Michael. Good to be back. All right. Uh, here you go. Um, okay, Sam, I hope I got to tell you this might be uh, – this this person might be going after your weakness, man. So this might be a rough week, but I I, I have faith in you here. But are you ready to go? All right, I hope so. Good. So <laughs> scary. Why not? Alexandria from Long Beach. She must listen on uh, on the FM ninety six one. Does it go all the way up to Long yep. Beach? Yeah. Oh, well, all right. Welcome, Long Beach. Uh, okay. They uh, Alexandria wants to know why did octagon barrels fade away. So back in the uh, what late 1800s, a lot of the rifles were octagon barrels, like the old, uh, you know, some of the, like the Henrys well, and stuff well, like that. Well, first off, before you answer that, why were they octagon? Wouldn't it be easier to make a round barrel than an octagon barrel? 
Um, what do you got, okay. Sam? So you, Alexandria from the bitter north of Long Beach. <laughs> that you. Um, thanks very much for the question. And yes, you were absolutely going at my uh, weak point. I probably shouldn't have mentioned that, but whatever. The cat's out of the bag. Uh, now everyone's going to be able to stump me. Um, and the answer goes directly to that last point you made, Dave, about wouldn't it be easier? Um, the the difference is that the manufacturing techniques changed. For a long time, w- when, when barrels were made individually by hand, um, it was much easier. Well, I don't know about much. It was um, easier for, um, for them to make octagonal barrels um, because they, they uh, had to just hammer the barrel into shape around the uh, central, I don't know what you would call it, I guess a mandrel, I'm not sure, and yep. they would just hammer it into shape. But um, then the manufacturing te- techniques changed. Um, we got mechanized factories, and it became feasible to mass produce large numbers of round barrels. And so we've been that way. Um, ever since with a few exceptions. Yeah, that, that's basically what she said. She actually specifically talked about the invention of the metal lathe. Mm-hmm. But that's what you're saying when you're talking about uh, mass producing in uh, factories. Um, but that's what uh, she credits uh, the uh, fade of the octagon barrel is the metal lathe, which is pretty much exactly what you said. So even though it's a weakness, you got it right, You got Sam. it right. But you know well, what, Sam? I, I think something worth mentioning, if, if you've got the time, Um uh, is, is that you still can absolutely get hammer-forged barrels. You might see yeah. um, on, on some like high-end barrels, especially for military contracts, it'll say um, cold hammer-forged. And yep. if you've never seen um, pictures or, or video of that being done, it's really interesting. They put the barrel into this bi- they put the barrel blank into this big machine, and they have a bunch of giant hammers all around it that just pound it into the correct profile around the uh, mandrel. You're exactly right. My I have a Steyr SSG04 in win, in uh, 300 Win Mag, and it has a, uh, a hammer forged uh, barrel. Really? Yeah. I, I can reach out and touch somebody with that. <laughs> I bet you get their attention. Yeah. yeah real quick. Yep. I can turn uh, you know three dollars into heat and sound real quick with. Yeah, that I bet you can. That's a, that's amazing. Well, that's awesome, Sam. You got it right. That's fantastic. As usual. And and added something that wasn't even there. You know, I, I just want to remind everybody, you know, Sam's my nephew. You know, we text and chat a little bit, but I don't prepare him for any of this he's stuff He's on the East all. Coast, too. Yeah, he's in Virginia. He's on the East Coast. Uh, I don't prepare him for nope. any of this. Uh, here's this 19-year-old guy, and he's answering these questions, and people are losing out on T-shirts left and right because he keeps getting them right. Uh, I just am really impressed and uh, fantastic job, Sam. Yeah, keep up the good work, my man. Thanks very much. And um, as always, thanks for having me on. And thank you, everyone who listens and sends in questions. Keep them coming. Yeah. So you got any news for us? We still got a few more minutes. I, you know, uh, one thing I did want to talk about, you know, we were talking a little bit about ammo with the gun range San Diego. So this July, that's when the ammo laws kick in. I mean, they've been uh, slowly uh, transitioning to where you can't buy ammo online. Right, right, right. right. And there is actually an excellent article on San Diego County gun owners.com, uh, by Joe Dramisi, who's sometimes on the radio here with us. Uh, he wrote an article. Um, he actually wrote two articles that I want to draw everybody's attention to. One was about what's happening in July when the ammo laws kick in and, and you have to basically go through the same steps to buy ammunition that you did when you, uh, when you bought a firearm. 
Um, but the other one is he talks about, uh, okay, you have normal capacity magazines, what, what some call high capacity magazines. Um, you know, now what, how can you use them? What can you do? And so both of those articles, you know, it's news you can use. So, uh, before July comes and, and you have to look around and go, well, wait a minute, now what, you know, go read these articles, uh, you know, uh, before you, uh, you start using your normal capacity magazines, your magazines that you acquired that are over 10 rounds, go read his article and find out exactly what you're going to have to do to buy ammunition and then find out exactly how you can and cannot use your normal capacity magazines to what you acquired during freedom week. And don't you agree if this does go through, it's just going to stream across the United States. Uh, it's already happening. Uh, there, no safe spaces left. Mm -mm. Every state out there, you know, people, Oh, I'm moving to just today. I was at the avocado festival and a guy said that he was, uh, he was moving out of California because of the, you know, the gun laws. So he's going to run instead of stay and fight. Well, he's running. Uh, but you know, you name the state and I can show you an effort to ban your firearms. There, there's no safe spaces left, you know, Florida, uh, uh, you know, Arkansas, uh, Texas, uh, you know, th things are happening. I mean, uh, a lot of these states that we thought were safe mm -hmm. when it came to comes to the Second Amendment are, you know, California 10, 15 years ago. Right. And it's gaining speed. It's not going to take them 10 or 15 years to do what, what California did in 10 or 15 years because, you know, the person at the at the front of the trail, they, they got to, you know, hack away at the weeds. But right. then everybody falls in right behind that's them right. and streamlines it. So, and that's what, that's what the rest of the states are doing. They're watching California. I don't care if it's gun-related. I don't know if it's car-related. I don't care what it's related to. It's like, well, let's see if California can get it through. If California can get it through, then we'll we'll pick it up, too. And sure enough, that's what it's doing. Well, it's kind of like, you remember right after 9-11, uh, you know, there was mm -hmm. a lot of talk about terrorism and that sort of thing. And they kept saying, hey, look, you know, there are tons of attacks. Uh, they just have to be successful once. We have to stop their attack every single time. Right, exactly. It's kind of like that as with with you know with gun advocacy. Mm -hmm, I mm -hmm. mean, they continue and continue and continue to. And attack we got to keep fighting. We got to. We got to continue to make sure that not you know what they try doesn't happen. Right. Um, because they just that. have to be successful once. And once a law's in place, that's You're it. You're done. You're done. It's there forever. Yeah. Yeah. I was really appreciative of uh, Admiral Penniman uh, talking about uh, you know what happened with the board and how all that mm -hmm. was executed. Because, again, that's local politics. That's people getting involved. Unfortunately, that's one that we, we didn't quite have the oomph mm -hmm. to, to, uh, to stop. off, yeah. But the story there was that he's been – he was on that board for 16 years, mm -hmm. and he was talking about, hey, the squeaky wheel, the squeaky wheel, mm -hmm. the squeaky wheel. They keep going and keep going and keep going. They just have to get it done once right. and then walk away. And that's you know? all they did. And that's all they did. Yeah, it's terrible. All right, Sam. Well, hey, thanks a million. Any closing uh, remarks before I let you go? Um, how much time do you have left? <laughs> Two minutes. Um, go for it. Feed well, us a fact. Uh, just one more thing about the barrel thing, if you don't mind. Sure, um, go for it. it, it it's a, a really interesting thing to look into. I'm by no means an expert on, on anything firearms related, um, and I, I don't claim to be. But you can... Like the, there are all these different manufacturing processes for barrels, and and each one has advantages and disadvantages, just like um, the coatings on the insides of the barrels and and on uh, you know bolts and bolt carrier groups and that sort those sorts of things. It's people often don't realize just how much work and how many hundreds of years, literally hundreds of years, went into each individual little component of the firearms they uh, they use and trust. Interesting. 
No, I agree with you 100%, man. I totally do. Hey, we got, we got to let you go, buddy. Thanks a million. Folks, you're listening to Gun Sports Radio. I'm Dave. He's Michael. This is FM 96 AM 1170. Thanks for a wonderful show, and we'll see you next week. And thanks for hanging out with me for three weeks. You bet, buddy. Four weeks? Five weeks? I don't know what it is. Yeah, every week. Ah, right here on FM 96.1 AM 1170. The answer. Sports Radio is sponsored by Love Radio Network.